welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kamisha, and we are so glad to be spending this time with you. My beloved John is here. And as always, we're happy to be a part of your walk with Jesus Christ. And we are excited about the things that God is moving and doing in the earth in this time and season and what he's doing in your life by having you participate in this part of um, ministry growth with us, but also in your personal walk with him. Before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. Father, we thank you. Heavenly Father, you are above all. And we just thank you for all that you do and all, all of who you are. And we are blessed to be called your people. And we rejoice in the fact that you are our God and we are your people. We exalt the name of Jesus Christ in our eyes and in our lives and in our minds, Lord, in the almighty name of Jesus. And we just thank you that you reign and that your name is above all in the earth, on the earth and beneath the earth. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you are Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that that reigns in this world and in the unseen realm by your power and your spirit, Lord, not according to what our eyes see or what anyone says to try to influence us. You are God because you are, and your name has all power and authority vested in it, Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, and we take our place in you, and we walk with you, Lord, to carry out your perfect will and your plan in this earth. And we just decree and declare right now in your almighty name, Lord Jesus, that we want your kingdom to come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we decree and declare that it is being done and it is so in the almighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your provision. We thank you for the place that we have in you. We thank you for your faithfulness that is consistent whether or not we are faithful. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. We rest in you and we cast every care that's been on our mind, every petition that we have, Lord, we just roll the care of it coming to pass on you. And we believe that you're faithful to your word in the almighty name of Jesus. We bind the hand of the adversary, every distraction, every delay, every deterrence, and every attempt at theft killing and destroying the plan of God in our lives. And we render it ineffective and harmless. And we command it to come to nothing and fall dead to the ground in the almighty name of Jesus. And now we loose you, Holy Spirit, to come in and teach us according to your perfect will and your perfect work in this time in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord, and we bless you. We bless your listeners and we always engage in forgiveness, Lord. If we have any ought towards anyone, we forgive them right here and right now in the almighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for exalting your name in the situation and drawing those ones to you, Lord, that may have done harm to us, hurt or offended us, drawing them into your bosom, Lord Jesus, that you love on them and that you make your presence known in their particular lives, Lord, and that you strengthen us so that we're not easily offended anymore. And we are walking with forgiveness extended out before us before the need even arises. We thank you for all these wonderful things and we bless your almighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen. It is Amen. done and finished. Amen to that. Amen. Okay, so today's episode is called Not By Your Power, But By the Holy Spirit. So we have been talking about whose name has the power, the source of power for the believer, the warrior of God. And we have already seen through the scriptures and the word of God that it's the name of Jesus Christ that has all the power because all authority has been vested in him. We've covered 
connecting to the power source and remaining connected. So because we are learning and establishing in our heart and our mind that the name of Jesus holds all power and it is unstoppable, unfallible or infallible and not able to be thwarted or defeated, we're establishing the mode that it works by, which is simply put the Holy Spirit. It's not our wit. It's not our personal abilities. It's not our power or strength. It's not our strategies that are effective in any way, shape or form. It's only the Holy Spirit. When we look through the scriptures, we see that all battles, spiritual and natural, that were won by the people of God were not won because of their wit or might of men, but through faith in God and his plan. You can look at the great heroes of faith. You can look at notable um, people that we had the opportunity to kind of have an aerial view of their life and some details that the Holy Spirit provided by having it written down in scripture to what they did and what the results were to know and see that it was God doing the work. So the we're going to look at Zechariah um, chapter 4, verse 6 as our uh, springboard scripture. Amen. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. Amen. So in um, the previous episode, we were talking about how things come to pass. Our job is to believe God, and it's not to try to dictate to the Lord or be concerned about how he's going to do it. The What we should know is that the Holy Spirit is going to take care of the work, and he's going to uh, walk in the or fulfill the p- specific strategies that God the Father wants to have done. Um, and so for us, just understanding that the name of Jesus Christ is backed and fueled by all the power of the Holy Spirit, which is all the power of God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that's the Holy Spirit, lives and dwells in us and is the same one powering the acts of God in the earth. So when we use the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit is doing the work. Our job is to get the plan, right? Pray that same plan that we received back to the Father, giving his word back to him in bold confidence, and then Holy Spirit backs it up to make sure that it's manifested. Throughout the... the, Oh, honey, you had something you want to say? Yeah, if we could... uh, Acts 1, verses 7 and 8 speaks to this exactly. Jesus replied, It's not for you to know the time or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Mm -hmm. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. It's not so much, let's not get so focused on the time and the seasons. Mm -hmm. It says very plainly, they're fixed by the Father's own authority. Again, back to this chain of command. Amen. Where to ask the Lord, hey, what do I say and do here in this situation? How do I say it? How do I do it? Where do I go? And the, everything, that all the steps, they're asked, we ask for it, and he'll reveal it. This is what you do in this situation at this time. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is the one that is empowering us to carry out, to do the work. 
It's not that we're doing it, but we do have a role, mm-hmm. or I won't say but, and we have a role in this, to cooperate with the word of the Lord, come to alignment, and if you will, execute or put our faith in action. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those mm-hmm. things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Amen. So what God tells us is our part, that is for us to do, but the part that belongs to him, that's in his power and authority that he's um, left to his own um timeline that we've been talking about, his own seasons that he has for something to come Mm -hmm. forth, and how he wants it done, um, that the Holy Spirit will carry out and work it out, that's what we need to understand that belongs to God. And we are not um, tricked by our flesh or the adversary into spending our time trying to control God or pontificate how he's going to (laughs) um, carry things out. We just know he's going to do it. Absolutely. If he sends us to go and we fulfill the task that he has given us or the assignment that he gave us, we can be assured that the power of God will be there to do what the power of God knows needs to be done. Amen. Amen. You can look at Moses as an example. Mm-hmm. Right? Moses was being sent to Pharaoh, mm-hmm. or back to Pharaoh, where, where he's talking to the Lord in the, the burning bush that was not consumed. Mm-hmm. But Moses asked the question that we should ask the Lord all the time. What do I say? Amen. He asked it about what he should say to Pharaoh, what he should say to the people, mm-hmm. his, uh, his people, the Hebrews, mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. Jews of the of mm-hmm. the time, right? He asked, "What do I, what do I tell them? What do I say to them?" Mm-hmm. And the Lord told him. He He gave him. This is what you say. Amen. And and this is what I'm going to do. Amen. It should be no different with us. Amen. Except we should not be. Shaky need. Amen. Yes. Timid <laughs> and or... <laughs> lacking confidence. We should be confident because we understand that this is the pattern. So when you look at Moses, that's a great example, honey. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really know what he was walking into or Amen. what he was stumbling into, if you will, or, or doing, but it was exactly God's way of getting things done. That's he it. calls and says, here's my mission. And then he expects us to go, what's your mission, Lord? How do I in- engage with you? What Amen. do I say? What do I do? When do I go? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? We ask him for information and details. We get that instruction the from the Lord. Exactly. Right? We've talked about that. The point is, you know, like the point of angle is go to Christ and ask, what should I ask for? What do you Amen. call this? Bring it before him. That's exactly what Moses was engaging in. Who do I say sent me, Lord? And what shall I say to these people? And what shall I do? And God had the opportunity to tell him what to do, mm-hmm. and build a pattern that Moses would engage in repeatedly exactly. throughout um, time. Someone would rise up against them in battle, or they were traveling and journeying. What do we do about this, Lord? Amen. And the Lord would say, take this, that, and the other, or go this route. Um, you see that in Abraham's life. You see that in David's life. You see it in Moses, Joshua, Gideon, Jehoshaphat, Nehemiah, the disciples and the apostles. Amen to that. In Acts, you see it in all these places. So before we look at their their journeys just a little bit, um, I want to talk about um, two things. And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Now, you, you might be asking yourself, why is this important? Because the, we are made in the image and likeness of God, but because of sin nature, the propensity of the flesh is to try to guide back to relying on self and try to guide us back to us being self-willed 
to do whatever it is that we think should be done and we want to do. And here is a tactic of the adversary, and I'm just going to make it plain for you. Anytime the adversary can get us to act in our flesh, he's got us. He's going to win the victory 10 times out of 10 because without God, we can do nothing. It's only Christ in us and his free reign of operation through us that gives us victory. So when we come out of our alignment with him, we come out of relying on the name of Jesus Christ and using the name of Jesus Christ appropriately. Now we're just in flesh, flesh and bone without the aid of the Holy Spirit against a spiritual principality and power. Mm-hmm. So it's the wrong place to be in. Exactly. So dangerous place. when you line up the quote unquote power of Satan against the power of God, it's nothing. There's nothing to it. I mean, like this, not even a comparison. There's no contest, but the sin nature left to its own accord in the face of this principality, they get ruled all day long. That's why people um, experience demon possessions and things of that nature, right? Because they open the door to the adversary and then they are drawn off. And now they need the rescue from who? from the Lord. (laughs) Exactly. To get free of that thing. So we understand that we have the, the power source is who God and the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. And we keep our connection therein. So we are going to, um, say say, that often. Exactly. We're going to drum this because it's the key to our success. It's vital. It's absolutely vital. And you can have knowledge of a myriad of things, but if you disconnect from the power source and start going, my knowledge has made me dot, dot, dot. My knowledge makes me strong. My knowledge makes me important. My knowledge gives me success. You're back in your flesh and the adversary is going to eat your lunch and pop the bag. In the technological (laughs) age. Mm Mm-hmm. Anything that needs to be plugged in must be must remain plugged in. Mm-hmm. And if it is unplugged, it's detached from the power source. It's only a matter of time before it does not function anymore. It mm-hmm. is, in fact, then dead. Mm-hmm. It's no different. Or it actually is a, serves as a small example or microcosm to us in our spiritual life. If we detach from the Lord, from the power source, it doesn't take long before there's a spiritual but then potentially natural death as well. Amen. Amen. So we are not going to rest or rely on our flesh, but we're going to rely on the word of God and his plan. So not by might or power, but by his spirit, not only tells us where we should keep our focus, but also tells us how the Lord operates. His plan was finished and established from the foundation of the world and all, and he has all power, might, strength, endurance um, to get his job done. He's got everything that's needed. So we stay connected to the power source so that we are able to be effective. So let's take a look at Hebrews chapter four real quick, um, verses eight through 10. It says, for if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Amen. And that's proper aligning. So that what does that mean for us? Whenever a problem arises, whenever we need, there's uh, something happening, we first go to the Lord and we bring it and present it before our Lord and Savior. And Holy Spirit is going to convey to us the determination that holy, um, that the Lord and Savior has made mm-hmm. concerning it. He may say, well, this is a faith problem. 
increase your faith, get your faith up, get, get the hindrances of um, strife out of the way, get the hindrances of unforgiveness out of the way, get the hindrances of doubt out of the way, whatever it is, he's going to tell us what the problem is. Or if it's a demonic thing um, that needs to be addressed on a spiritual binding and loosing, getting rid, um, dealing with the adversary behind it, it you uh-huh. know, he'll tell us exactly what the root cause of the issue is. And then Give us the plan that's necessary to cause success. God does not lead us in a way that causes us to be defeated. He only leads us into triumph and victory. So understanding that it's only his plan that's going to bring about victory and only our connection to his plan that's going to lead us to victory. And as we engage in spiritual warfare, why would we go to war without our (laughs) all seeing, all knowing, all power, all powerful God? Mm-hmm. and hope to win that just doesn't make any sense we would be defeated just like um, that would be considered extremely foolish exactly and um was it in numbers chapter 13 that israel did just that god said i'm not going with you um they spied out the land and then came back with a negative report an unbelieving report from the bulk of the people that went and only uh joshua and caleb of the spies came back with a good report and um then of course Moses and Aaron said, "Let's go do what God God wants us to do." But everybody else cried out against God and wanted to stone the people who said, "We can do what God said." And then they, um, um, the Lord told them, "I'm not I'm not going to let you guys go in." And there were actually and, severe consequences. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I'm not going to take you in right now, actually. I'm not going to take you in. And these people who are of a certain age are not going to get to go in. And then the people said, oh, we did wrong. We're sorry. We're going to go up anyway. And the Lord said, don't go. Moses said, don't go. You're not going to succeed because God's not going with you on this. And they presumed to go anyway. This is Numbers chapter 14 now, um, verses 44. Uh, actually, you can back up verse 39 to the end of the chapter chapter and you can read there and then they assumed that they could still go and they went and God said I wasn't going that he wasn't going with them and they were defeated so we don't want to operate like that that there's no skill or precision in that kind of thought process so we know the way of life is just staying connected and entering his his rest means ceasing from your own works busyness of activities, worry, making your own plans. His way is easy, but requires obedience. That's something that the Lord spoke to me, oh, let's say good 10 years ago, 13 years ago or so now, um, as he was declaring his plans for my life to me and a promise that he was making for for my particular journey um, in support of his grand plan. One of the things he said was, my way is easy, Kamisha, but requires obedience. Amen. And I thought about that for a second. And as as God has ministered through me to me through time, He's shown me in areas where it felt like my emotions were so uh, stirred up that <laughs> the easier thing, rather than resisting them, would be to give in to my emotions and have a mindset and attitude like, "I know this is wrong, God, but you're going to fix it later." And that is absolutely contrary to God. Um, I would allow myself to have outbursts or allow myself to deviate or allow myself to disobey God, even in a small thing, like a small instruction, or God was telling me um, 
about things that were happening. I couldn't see them at the moment, but it was something that needed my attention. Things mm -hmm. were happening with the kids or the adversary was trying to come around and create um, trouble in my life. But because I would not rule over my emotions in the moment and be obedient to what God was telling me to do, I said, I'll just let it go. I'll let this slide and you can fix it later. Well, no, that's not the way it works. Absolutely. God is gracious and he can repair things, but isn't it better to have something that does not need to be repaired and just go the right pathway with God than it is to suffer loss, suffer destruction, suffer capture by the adversary, and then have to wait to be delivered. Where now the cost is even greater and it takes longer. Absolutely. So God taught me to come away from that. And that's something that has stayed with me my entire um walk with him, my, my real walk with him. Since he has taught us these things. Amen. Yes. Amen. And it's easier to restrain myself. It's easier to hearken my ear into the voice of God's word and um, diligently walk in it. It's easier to put my faith and my trust in him than to be busy with activities, than to spend my nights in worry, than to make my own plans and watch them fail or try to convince God to hold them up. It's easier just to walk with him and be obedient to what he's saying. In the moment, every moment, this is another thing we're going to, as you said, continue to state frequently or often or harp on, if you will, because it is important. The, what you were just describing, honey, of, well, I can wait. I'll deal with this later. Mm -hmm. No, nope. just, we, just, need, we need mm -hmm. to deal with it now because mm -hmm. the cost is much greater the longer we wait. It's more detrimental to not just your own life, but the lives of those around you, and by those around you, I mean the one, especially the ones that the Lord has assigned in, to your care and given you authority over, your household, your your, you know, spouse to a certain extent, your children, mm -hmm. all those things matter. So, it's easier to deal with the situation in the moment. Mm -hmm. The way God wants to do it. Exactly. Then delay. Mm -hmm. And then try to circle back around the mountain. Mm -hmm. Now having you know, gone through suffering and bondage and loss and destruction and all these other kind of things, not only to yourself, but those who are attached with you, and then hope for a good outcome. So we have to begin to live our life from that standpoint. His way is easy, but requires obedience. And that is actually akin to the scripture, um, Matthew eleven thirty. for my yoke is easy and mm -hmm. my burden is light. Um, in the scriptures, uh, verses leading up to this, he tells those who are weary and heavy laden to come to him and he will give them rest. And puts in front of that, um, or the solution to the burden that they're facing is his way. Put his yoke on and put carry the burden that he asked you to carry. And that is so much easier than you trying to do it your own way and beat your head against the wall. Um that's a, that's a colloquialism that's, that's in America. It, it seems, but. That's what it feels like on, on occasion, right? But then let's understand what that is. That is actually a demonstration or your faith put in action. Mm -hmm. is demonstrating your love for the Lord by your faith, saying, Lord, I, I may not know what to do right now. This may, not, this may be painful to the flesh to sort this thing out, but mm -hmm. I know you only want me to have your best in my life amen so that in includes dealing with it and and it also gets the longer you do this the easier it gets because just like david or any of these these heroes of faith we read about in hebrews 11 mm -hmm. they took 
if you will, baby steps initially. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you could argue that maybe they're not so baby steps. Uh, Abraham called them out from a whole land. Hey, come on mm-hmm. into a place you don't even know. Mm-hmm. Across, well, for, for Abraham's time, uh, I'm sure it was across the whole universe. He's, mm-hmm. He thought he was, mm-hmm. you know. Tra- uh, Traversing the world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The entirety of the earth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just because he, di- he didn't know. right? Mm-hmm. But he just walked step by step with the Lord, in step with the Lord. And things got easier as they went. Did he get everything right? Absolutely not. But the longer you do this, now you see the Lord proves himself time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. And it makes it easier for you to just follow in obedience by coming into alignment with the Lord and his plan in your life. Amen. Amen. And let me just read those scriptures um, that I was mentioning. Matthew 11, Verses 27 through 30 says, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And that's the King James Version. Um, So just understanding, he's already set this up for us, and it's our job to see the value of walking in it. We have to know the value of the name of Jesus, the preeminence that it holds, the power that it carries, and that all power of God is backing it up and supporting it. We have mm-hmm. to know the value and esteem highly the word of God, that all the power, the name of Jesus is backing up his word. Amen. Right. And we see how those two plus two equals the job is getting done. Right. And then we put our, our habit of obeying the Lord consistently with these measures and these metrics in hand, with these tools and strategies in hand, causes us to be effective every time we go to war, every time we we engage in battle. And, you know, it's not always a big, like we see a, a battle laid out in a movie. It doesn't always appear like that. But the the endurance that's necessary to go through life, sometimes there are big events that the Lord has us engage in. Sometimes they're smaller events. And... Mm-hmm living consistently before him with victory and also being able to be a vessel that God can use to provide deliverance in someone else's life is also a huge part of this. So you knowing who God is, the value of the name of Jesus and who you are in Christ Jesus and being able to be confident and consistent in walking with him and cooperating as a a co-laborer with Christ Jesus in the earth is dynamic in setting captives free around you. And again, that's another component of spiritual warfare, but you don't get to set anybody free when you're bound yourself. Those things just don't go together because you can't look up and go, God, use me for something else on any kind of um, consistency or strategic level. It, It just doesn't work that way, which is why the adversary tries to keep the believer bound so that they cannot liberate anybody else. They can't themselves be free and they cannot liberate anyone else. And so or that, if they have been set free, he attempts to get them, put them back into bondage all over again. Mm-hmm, with so anything else. Will you give in to that? Mm-hmm. Or will you no. submit to God, resist the devil, and then he will flee? Amen. 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 Um, 
also because the word of though the power of God and the name of Jesus Christ are so totally capable of doing what they are supposed to do, we should develop an it and it is finished mentality. Amen. When we speak the name of Jesus according to the plan that Christ has said, here's the answer, and then we take it and stand before the Father mm-hmm. and Holy Spirit backs it up. In our mind, it should be established that it's finished. Unless Holy Spirit says, here's another step that I want you to carry out. When you release the word of God, when you obey him in the circumstance, as far as you're concerned, it's finished. Amen. Develop that it is finished mindset and mentality. So let's take a look at um, some some people through scripture who got the plan of God and saw victory. So we can see that it is actually here in the word of God. Um, you mentioned Abraham first. So let's look at Genesis chapter 12, verses one through four real quick. And we'll try to make this brief as we go through these scriptures as you're reading about people's lives transition your eyesight and your focus from what looks like the spectacularness of the outcome wow that seems awesome god to looking at how they got there what did god say what did he do what did they do in response did they ask god did Mm. they not ask god and you'll find that Nine times out of 10, they made a deliberate effort to ask God. And so then you also see some people stumbling into the will of God, um, like mm-hmm. Jonathan, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll From see. Jonathan and David. Jo- yes, Jonathan, Saul, King Saul's son, son yes. David's um, covenant partner yes. and all but best friend, um, brother, and brother in law as well. Mm-hmm. Um, They had a strong bond, and Jonathan, when Saul was king, went up to fight with the Philistines, and he didn't know that the Lord was there working through him. He just said, well, we'll see what God does. So just to leave this with you as well, we are much more effective when we know we are following and operating in the plan of God versus stumbling into it. Amen to that. All right, so let's look at um, these people that we're looking at had consistency. Jonathan was kind of hit or miss. All right, so Genesis 12, 1 through 4. Mm-hmm. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will, um, yes, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Amen. So I know we've been taught to look at what's the meat of being said there, but I want you to shift your focus. The When you hear or read, now the Lord had said, don't shove that to the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Don't glaze over it as though that's the telephone ringing or, you know, it's, it's a nuisance and an unimportant thing because Abraham could have traversed to the moon and back and it would not have done him any good unless God had said, said what he and said God had do. sent him. Exactly. So Abraham taking a walk is of no importance or value unless God tells him <laughs> to do it. It's just that if Abraham went on his own, he's just taking a walk. But when he went because of God's word, now there's power behind it. There is a purpose now. Amen in step in it and carrying out or fulfilling because the Lord gave it to him. Amen. So the, the two most important parts of this that we need to understand is 
verse one. Now the Lord had said to Abram, to Abram mm-hmm. and the beginning of verse four. So Abraham, Abram departed. Amen. God said, Abram did. Which demonstrates love for the Lord, faith in him, mm-hmm. and not just his faith, but he's quite literally putting his future and hope mm-hmm. in the Lord. Amen. Amen. And he is obeying what the Lord said. Amen. Um, let's glance real quickly at chapter 13, verses 14 through 8. And I'll read that real quick. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. So again, Abraham looking at the stars is irrelevant. Uh It's empty without the instruction of the Lord. And Abraham moving and walking the way the Lord told him is irrelevant unless God said it first and and set that up. And then Abraham subsequently obeyed. So you can go um, in your own time, look at chapter 22 um, verses one through three and 12 through 13. Moses to look at his life. You just, I mean, all of (laughs) the whole book of Exodus, (laughs) basically you could just look at and look at every time God said and gave him instruction and Moses did. Um, let's look at Nehemiah chapter two, verse four, because that's one that may not, um, be as readily visible to you to see this, um, interaction or intervention by God. Yes. I enjoy this one. It says, then the King said to me, what would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And actually in verse five then says, and I said to the King, If it please the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Amen. So the Lord was already stirring in Nehemiah's Mm -hmm. heart for this. And you notice, Nehemiah actually shows a different side of it than Abraham's example. Because it shows us the first person of Nehemiah telling his story from how he walked it out. Abraham, we're looking at God giving the aerial view of what happened with Abraham, right? So Nehemiah is telling us, this is what I did, and this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And it seems like such a blip in, um, in the, I'll say, the multitude of words that are written in Scripture. It seems like a blip to say this, but it carries so much more weight than what we have probably bestowed upon it. Well, it's also recognized this in the preceding verses, right? Nehemiah has this burden. This, this driving force, if you will, which is the Lord, mm-hmm. who put this on his heart. Mm-hmm. But it's taken time. Clearly, there was time taken mm-hmm. that to the point of others around Nehemiah are now noticing a difference. Mm-hmm. But it took all that for him to finally get to a place where he then asked the Lord about it if you will. So there is a, a, a sense of a Jonathan where he, he kind of stumbles into it. It's not a stumbling. It's a drawing of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Let me correct myself here. But in it, yes, 
you see the pattern. He seeks the Lord first. Mm-hmm. Then he opens and his then mouth. opens his mouth because mm-hmm. that's what the Lord put in his heart, and now it was coming out. Amen. And then you, it also shows you how quick it can be just to invite God into the situation. It doesn't have it, to be as long drawn out process. It doesn't. And you know, there are times where, like, if we look at Daniel's life for an example, Daniel spent days mm-hmm. fasting and praying to get an answer about a certain thing. And now we know it took that long because of a demonic principality that was hindering the answer coming forth. Not it was not that there was a delay in God sending it, mm-hmm. but between God sending it, which was immediately, the answer was released. Amen. It is finished. Remember that. And Daniel seeing the manifestation of that was about 21 days. It took time for that to happen, not because God was withholding, but Daniel had to stay steadfast and remember mm-hmm. that it was already finished. And however long it takes to show up, that's God's business, right? Amen. And God did what was necessary. Michael came and helped um, mm-hmm. the angel that was delivering the message to Daniel. God got it taken care of. Our job is to remain steadfast and faithful, but take the opportunity to open the door. Um, and we have learned the strategy of quick, quickly asking God Amen. in the moment, Lord, what do I say and what do I do? Keeping that in that continuous internal conversation going with the Holy Spirit. So he always has access and free reign to speak to you whenever he needs to. And we've been working the long-term prophetic, more prophetic strategy of sitting down, praying with the Lord, getting inside of what he wants to have done and what is on his heart and his mind so that he can lead you and guide you in the way that he wants you to go because he is supposed to declare to us things that have not yet happened so that we're not caught. He says he will do it. Yes, yes, absolutely. But I meant that's part of his role. Please pardon the way that I articulated that. This is what his job is in the earth, but we have to give him opportunity. So we need both the time set apart to hear from the Lord of things that are coming and get his strategy before the need arises. And we also have the in the moment strategy to hear from God, to open the door, to invite Holy Spirit in so that we are able to continue to flow with him and we don't have a any stop or delay to succeeding. Now the adversary will try to convince you, oh, it'll take too long. You don't have time to ask God. Just just go, just, just go. You have to act now and that's always the, a trap from the enemy. Exactly. Rushing ahead without God is always a trap from the adversary. So if you have any inkling of that, you stop in the almighty name of Jesus and get yourself together. Cast that devil out, shut that liar mouth up and Get in touch with Holy Spirit, connect with him, and then make sure you do exactly what he's saying because the adversary is never on your side. He's mm. rushing you off to your peril. He's trying to steal something, kill something, or destroy something. You can count on that because Christ has already mm. told you that that's what he's doing. So the adversary is trying to get you away from the plan of God. So develop your habit of seeking God in the long term, seeking him in the moment. And keeping both of those active and working in your life. Okay, let's look at David. Let's look at David's life real quick. Um, we're going to look at 1 Samuel 23. First, verses 2 through 4. Okay. It says, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and, de- and deliver... Kayla. Amen. Okay, um, let's go look at 1 Samuel 30. And 
verse 8 and 9. It says, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? And he said to them, Pursue, for you will surely overtake them, and you will surely rescue all. So David went, he and the six hundred men who were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those left behind remained. Amen. Now we're going to look at 2 Samuel 5, 19 through 25. Then David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will surely give the Philistines into your hand. So David came to Baal Perazim and defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the breakthrough of waters. Therefore, he named that place Baal Perazim. They abandoned their idols there. So David and his men carried them away. Now the Philistines came up once again and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. When David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go directly up. Circle around behind them and come at them in front of the balsam trees. It shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the, the tops of the balsam trees. Then you shall act promptly, for then the Lord will have gone out before you to strike the army of the Philistines. Then David did so, just as the Lord had commanded him, and struck down the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Amen. Amen. So each in each of those examples, we see a pattern. David asked the Lord, right? So there, a mm -hmm. problem arose. David asked the Lord. God spoke and said. David did what was said. At, in none of these examples did David go, I'm a tactician, and start pumping his muscles in the mirror and, you know, making his pecs jump and go. Although that was his reputation. That's how other people felt about uh, exactly. him. But David didn't have a big head. No. And be and he was not self-assured that I got this. I fought so many battles. I can do this. I don't need to ask you, God. He asked God and got the victory. Amen. And then when he turned from that process, we see the with the there Bathsheba things. Absolutely. The it caused the sword. It opened the door for the sword to go through his line forever. And and I love the examples that we just went through with this concerning David, mm -hmm. especially the last one, mm -hmm. because the last one there are multiple battles. Mm -hmm. And how many times did David ask the Lord or, at, or inquire of the Lord, depending on your translation? Uh -huh. Every time. He didn't say, Lord, you said this last time, so we're going to go do the same thing. We got it. We'll take it from here. Exactly. No, he said, Lord, do I do the same thing? And the Lord said, no, this is what you're going to do this time. Exactly. He did not. He was not self-assured in any way, shape, or form. He didn't rest on the laurels and the previous successes. Instead, he kept his faith in God, like God, and he said, God, you've been faithful here. You were faithful there. Mm -hmm. You were faithful here. And he did not put his focus on the wrong um, emphasis. Amen. He did not put his hope in the wrong part of the, the, pro the process. It wasn't because his name was David. It wasn't because he was king. It wasn't because he was going to be king. It wasn't because God loved him more than everybody else. It was because he took the time to what? Ask. Ask the Lord. And then to follow through and fulfill what the Lord had instructed him to do. Amen. Being led and guided by the Lord through his Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Abraham obeyed when God spoke to him, right? Mm -hmm. So keep this in your heart because Moses and David both had this in common, and that's who God chose to use, not because they were so much more important or special, but they had a deeper resolve in them to obey God no matter what. Whereas other people were ready, willing and easily fell away as soon as it was convenient, as soon as they got the money, as soon as their wife or their husband came, as soon as you name it, they were willing to fall away from God. But these two had a desire to hear from God and then do what he said. Hmm. All right. All right. So even let's look at, um, in your personal time, actually, I would love you to go look at Joshua. We are familiar with Jericho, um, but go go look at him. Go look at Joshua's pattern. Uh-huh. Gideon had some very unique battles that the Lord um, brought. And then you also get to see when he listened to God. Even yeah. though his knees were knocking, he listened to God and he obeyed. And then you can see what happened when he stopped Absolutely. listening to God and relying on the proper emphasis. It wasn't Gideon's handsomeness or his valor that made him anything. It was God saying to him, this is who I made you. And it was his connection of obedience to the power and the will of God that allowed God to use him as a vessel. But then he forgot that later on. And And, and that's something similar with Solomon. mm -hmm. It was an extremely wise individual. Well, how did he get to that point? He sought the Lord, the Lord answered him, and he moved on that. And yes, wrote tons of well, the Lord through Solomon wrote Amen. much wisdom throughout the Proverbs. But then there came a point where, uh, just like Gideon, he stopped listening. Not only stopped listening to the Lord, but stopped applying the wisdom that had been given to him. Amen. And it does not lead to success. So Never. we are those who will hold fast to God, and we see that the actual, the valuable thing in this situation is. God said, we do. God said, we do. Asking God, so then he has an opportunity to say, and then carrying out what he says. So that way, you always have victory. Remember, the name of Jesus is the source of power. And the name of Jesus is not just a blanket uh, floating detached entity. No, no, no. (laughs) The name is attached to the Christ, the Messiah himself. It is his name. Um, So let's go look at the apostles. And look at their life. Um, A good place that you can see this is Acts, the book of Acts, because it gives an aerial view, if you will, of multiple um, uh, disciples and apostles and um, gives you some one-on-one kind of close with someone writing about uh, the latter part of Acts actually takes on more um, walking with uh, the apostle Paul. But you get to see because someone was there with him writing as he went what his experiences were. The Lord is so gracious to provide these things through scripture for us and inspire this to be captured so that we can look back and see. Now, again, we're not looking for the spectacular. We're not looking at, wow, that was amazing. Only Paul could do that. No, Paul is no one without Christ Jesus. Amen. No one matters without Christ Jesus. Just the Lord get is that, no the respecter of persons. Exactly. Part of the way I said that he loves you, he loves you, Amen. but you're not getting into heaven based on your name. You're just not. And you're not avoiding hell based on your name. You got to come through the That's name it. that every man must be saved by, which is Christ Jesus. It's Amen. he who is of high esteem and high value. Um, 
Honey, did you have a spot there that you wanted to highlight? Uh, well, uh, I would say uh, I don't have an exact chapter or exact place, but Paul, during his, his journey, he's already imprisoned, right? Okay, this is the latter part. The la- yes, in- towards the end of his life. We'll just bring that up for okay for time here. Um, Paul is, and because and you, you talked about the Lord brings us from victory to victory. Mm-hmm. But it's also us perceiving and recognizing the victory. Being in the moment with him. Amen, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And what it, not what it looks like to us or what we think it's supposed to look like. Again, it is about what the Lord wants to do and accomplish okay. and how he positions us. So you mean like coming to the right conclusion of how we assess that the situation Amen. went? Okay. Yes. All right. So Paul is being taken from Jerusalem. Clearly he's going to be brought to Rome. Okay, right? so you're around chapter um, 26 and 27, 28. Sounds about right. Okay. Chapter um, 28 is where he goes to um, Malta. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's a perfect place. Okay. Love it. Um, hallelujah. So so in this, and, and I'll let the each of you, the readers, read this for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'll just provide an overview mm-hmm. in, in this um, right now. But in this, so Paul is on this journey, and it's already said, hey, there's going to be a shipwreck, but Paul receives a word from the Lord. Well, how does Paul receive that word? His normal custom was to seek the Lord. This Mm -hmm. is something, as you read through the book of Acts or um, listen to to studies on this, uh, whether it's in in some of our other um, podcasts and programs Mm -hmm. uh, through a day of prayer, you will find that his, his nature became that of seek the Lord first, mm-hmm. then do what he says. Mm-hmm. Say what the Lord says to say, do what he says to do, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly mm-hmm. what we are. He found that same secret out about the Messiah. Amen. This is how he operated. This, this is, is how he how lived. he operated every moment of his life. Mm-hmm. And still does. And mm-hmm. we are to do the same. Amen. So Paul then gives, as a prisoner, gives instructions to the crew. Don't leave the ship. Don't, don't jump mm-hmm. overboard. Don't get on the... The, the life raft or the, the dinghy, right, to, mm-hmm. to, in an attempt to save yourselves. If you mm-hmm. do that, you will surely die. Mm-hmm. You will surely perish. But if you remain here, we will we'll make it. Mm-hmm. We'll be saved. Everybody has to stay in the boat. But everybody, mm-hmm. right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And people did that. Now, did they suffer shipwreck? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they suffered shipwreck. Goods. They lost the, the boat. They lost the, the, the cargo, everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the people st- were saved, mm-hmm. just like the Lord said to Paul. And, in, and he, in turn, for his part, did what he could do. He passed mm-hmm. on the word of the Lord because that was the word of the Lord. He believed it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Lord also positioned Paul when and, and protected him because there were other soldiers that, again, this is military transport that we're going to execute the prisoners. Mm-hmm. But yet, no, the Lord saved the prisoners, saved Paul. And then you see the other aspect, and this is the victory part. They were stuck there in Malta for some time by mm-hmm. stuck. Mm-hmm. They were doing the word of the, the will of the Lord there, mm-hmm. as the Lord had predetermined mm-hmm. long before the foundation of the earth was laid on the mm-hmm. destiny track for Paul's life. So others could enter in to... The heavenly community and into a relationship true intimate deep relationship with the lord for themselves mm-hmm. but then let's also understand this when they are rescued 
and eventually get to Rome. Paul, who was stuck in prisons and jail cells previously, mm-hmm. prior to this, to being transported to Rome, now when he arrives in Rome, he has a place for himself. And some of the guards that were with him are now his guards. Mm-hmm. To, yes, it doesn't, I mean, uh, I'll say this in this way. It pales a comparison to the protection the Lord provides. Amen. But there's still a natural element of security and protection mm-hmm. that was given to Paul. Why? Because he did the will of the Lord, one. Mm-hmm. And two, it also positioned him. Mm-hmm. Where he didn't have to also remain in the prisons, even though he was still a prisoner mm-hmm. by all accounts. But it positioned him to still carry on his life and have these benefits, these blessings clearly provided by the Lord as mm-hmm. a result of his obedience to him. He could have he could receive visitors. Right. And 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 you see that time and time again. He sends letters, he's able to write letters, and what other prisoners have that? opportunity, mm-hmm. especially at that time mm-hmm. under Rome. It wasn't because Paul was a Roman citizen, because mm-hmm. again, he was a prisoner. Amen. He was on trial for his life, but yet he had these wonderful opportunities, blessed, uh, and, and wonder, opportunities and blessings on his life as a result of the Lord positioning him through his word and him seeking the Lord, standing on his word, and executing or carrying out, fulfilling what the Lord wanted him to do. Amen. So Paul's act of spiritual obedience led to him having natural favor. Um, That was a connection point. But even if you read through um, this section of scripture, I'll say start with Acts um, 20. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Let's see. There's a, there's a few um, chapters earlier to understand all that's happening with Acts Paul. Acts 20, and you'll see where God says to him um, certain things, and God starts telling him about, you're going to minister in Rome. Absolutely. So that there you go. He's asking God. Here's what God said. I mean, and they, they even said it before beforehand as um, different prophets were yes. prophesying to him about him going to Rome and how, how the journey was going to be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But God still said, Paul believed it and stood on it and obeyed what the Lord said and actually avoided opportunities to make his own way, Amen. to try to carve out his own pathway to do things the way he thought they should be done. So Paul actually had to fight on two fronts to keep the faith in what God said Amen and to, to make sure he did not deviate from the course that God set for him because that provided the key to him pleasing the Father, right? But also led to him completing the task and the mission that God had actually given him. Which is exactly why I felt led to cover this section because Mm -hmm. it's no different for us today. Amen. Right? And I mean, the whole point of this episode, as we said, not it's not by your power, Mm -hmm. but by his, the Lord's Holy Spirit. So we all have the opportunity to make our own way, but those that are God's warriors will not. They will do his will exclusively. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. That's it. There's no other option for us but to carry out the will of the Lord, to know it, know his heart concerning the situation and circumstance, and to go where he sends us, to say Mm -hmm. what he tells us to say, and to do what he tells us to do only. Amen. Amen. And and that requires extreme diligence. Self-control. Self-control, but an extreme love for the Lord. Amen. Extreme faith 
in him. And not just faith for the moment, but faith for the future. To go the the distance. To go all the way with God. For eternity. Amen. Amen. So, wow, that that's certainly a lot um, in there. I was trying to do my best paraphrase no, of no, no. I mean, just eight the, plus chapters. Uh. No, I think you did a great job. And um, just looking at the entire episode, it is full and filled with the Word of God. They always are. But there's just um, some extra to this one. There is a lot so, for, for the listener, for you, who's going through the, the basic training boot camp or green team prep to go through on your own time this Mm -hmm. week. Amen. Amen. So it's not by power or might, but it's by his spirit. We are to enter into his rest and cease from our own works. We don't need to make our own way. That's And I'll give you the whole phrase of what God said. You don't need to make your own way. His way is easy, but requires obedience. And for us to produce that obedience, it requires us loving God with our whole heart for our own love for him. Not just, it's not just enough to go, God loves me because God's love for you. If you don't receive it, won't be effective in your life. It won't keep you out of hell. It's only when you turn Uh towards that love and you receive the love and you um, grab a hold of what he's provided to you in Christ Jesus, that you are delivered and set free. The same power of God, that has always been available is available now. And yet people will die each and every day having rejected the Lord mm-hmm. and they will spend their eternity in hell. His, his love doesn't change for us. It doesn't change. It will never change. It's always going to be there, but whether or not you connect to it and whether or not you attach to it. And I really want you to hear what I'm saying and don't be offended because it doesn't sound, uh, spiritually pretty. Okay. Um, in any relationship, the other person's love for you is not enough to make you stay. But your love for them is enough to keep you there. Amen. Uh, I'll give one more example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, mm-hmm. Daniel's friends. Mm-hmm. They're about to get thrown into the fiery furnace, right? Mm-hmm. And what is their statement to the king? The Lord can save us. Whether he does or he doesn't, we will not bow. They were steadfast. That was their faith, but it was their love for the Lord that they weren't going to violate mm-hmm. the Lord. They were going to do His will exclusively, even if at the cost of their own lives. And and, and I bring this up because well, I'm led to, but also it aligns with what you're saying. A lot of times people put value on relationship based on what they receive out of mm-hmm. It's transactional. Mm-hmm. Oh, you bought me a... A pony, you or 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 you, yeah. Or there's less love if you didn't receive that pony, even mm-hmm. though you you asked for it, right? That's not how this relationship works. Mm. The, the love relationship is allowing the Lord to have His way, Amen. In our life, in every area and aspect of our lives, even if that comes at the cost of our lives, mm-hmm. what is His will in this situation? How does He want us to minister His Holy Spirit? into the environment. Amen. And that you love him enough to cling to him. Amen. No matter what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like, who's doing what or who's not doing what, it doesn't matter. And so what I'm saying is God's love is always penetrating towards us. It's always moving towards us. That's never going to wax or fail. 
But if you don't match him with all the love that you can give and grab a hold of him and cling to him because you love him, you won't remain. Yes. Love. They could have made their own way. They could have bowed down mm-hmm. and been like everybody else. But they said, no, I love the Lord too much. I'm going to be obedient to him mm-hmm. regardless of what the situation and circumstance calls for. Amen. Amen. And relationships that are one-sided when only one party offers the love, the one party that's giving out the love is often manipulated. Mm. They're often abused and they're often taken advantage of. And the person that is offering no love of their own flees as soon as a better opportunity comes along. I know that that got you there. I know, Mm -hmm. I know, but it's the truth of the word of God. And Christ loved the father. He declared that often and that the father loved him. And he didn't just say the father loves me. And that's the end of the story. He loved the father and the father loves him. It's a reciprocal relationship. And he always highlighted their oneness. When their love is only one direction, there's not oneness. It's one-sided, but there's not oneness, wholeness, connection, that a lifelong bond that cannot be broken. Or or as it said about... uh, the disciples that then became apostles in the upper room in Acts, they were in one mind and one accord and one voice. Amen. But and that's how we're to be with our Lord and Savior. Amen. They were one with him because Amen. he's the one who Each sent Each one them individually there. and then together. Amen. One with the Father, with the plan of God themselves, and then they all came together with people who shared that like mind. I want what God said. I yes. want what God and said. That is the like mind we're to have. Only with the Lord and, and others that are also like-minded with the Lord, his mind, his heart, his will, his covenant. Amen. And we put our full-on faith, 100% trust, and our love. We shall love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. You see that? There it is again. Love God. His love for us is never in question. It's always our love for him that's that's the changing factor. So let's make sure that it's there and it remains and it's strong so that we we remain in fellowship and that our, all of our hope and our trust is in his undeniable, unquenchable ability and power to get the job done and that the name of Jesus will not fail. It will not fail. And we will not fail when we use his name correctly. So, all right. Thank you for being here with us. I know this episode's a little bit long, but um, we're doing what the Lord asked us to do. So we hope you enjoyed it. We hope that you're growing and you're blessed by it. Um, if you know someone else who's hungry for God and the Lord is moving in your heart, share this with them. How, host a listening party where you guys can sit down and listen to the episodes together or uh, talk about it and discuss the word so that you are able to continue to fellowship and grow in your relationship with Christ Jesus and your loved one or your friend has an opportunity to do the same also. We love you and we are praying for you. And we just want to remind you to live your life in the Messiah's love. God bless you. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.